Warning, the following podcast is not suitable for all audiences. Trigger warnings from the stories they cover may include violence, rape, murder, and offenses against children. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back to Crime Bay. This is your host Liz and today's story takes us to Miami, Florida. Dulcia Mejia was born September 12, 1988. Dulcia Mejia was a smart and happy 16-year-old living in Miami, Florida at Colonial Acres Mobile Home Community with her mother Dulcia Oliva and her stepfather Raul Mata. Delcia's parents had immigrated from Honduras in the 1980s, and Delcia was born and raised in the United States. Delcia was a sophomore at Miami Beach High School. She was a great student who hardly ever got in trouble. She studied hard and got good grades. Delcia had dreams of becoming a flight attendant or a police detective. On Thursday, September 16, 2004, Dilcia was at home watching TV. Her mother said goodnight to her around 11 p.m. and went to bed since her mom had to be up early for work. Around 5.30 in the morning, Dilcia's mom got up and left to work. She didn't check on Dilcia since it was so early and she didn't want to wake her up. Dilcia's stepfather, Raul Mata, left the home around 7.45 and didn't check on Dilcia before leaving either. Less than two hours later, Raul came back home, only to find Dilcia in her bed, unresponsive and with her throat slashed open. He phoned 911 immediately, begging for police to come to their home. When police got to the scene, they found Dilcia's body in her bedroom, covered in blood. The scene was gruesome, but the rest of the home seemed untouched. Nothing had been taken, and there was no signs of forced entry. The police began to question those closest to her, which was her mom and stepfather. They both denied having anything to do with her murder, although her stepfather did admit that they did not get along too well. When police questioned Raul Mata, he told police that he had left the house around 7.45 that morning. He returned 90 minutes later, and that's when he found Dilcia. He immediately called 911. Detectives asked Raul about the scratches and bruises on his arms. Raul stated to police that he had fallen into Dilcia's dresser in Hispanic after finding her body. He told them he had no reason to hurt Dilcia, and he was just as shocked as everyone else. Meanwhile, Dilcia's mother was devastated. Dilcia was her mother's only child. She was in disbelief. They had just celebrated Dilcia's 16th birthday just five days before, and she couldn't process the fact that her daughter was gone. The medical examiner's office ruled Dilcia's death a homicide. Meanwhile, the Miami-Dade Police Department investigated every lead, questioning Dilcia's friends and staff members at the Miami Beach High School. There, they discovered that Dilcia had gotten into a fight a few days before her death. But could a high schooler really be behind this gruesome murder? While looking into that lead, detectives found out that Dilcia was not the one who had instigated the fight. Two girls at her school had jumped her, 
and the altercation just resulted in nothing more than just a few scratches. Due to the school's zero-tolerance policy, all three girls had been suspended. The school reassured the police that Delcia was not involved in any drug or gang activity and that the fight was the first time she had ever gotten into any trouble. Therefore, the detectives ruled that theory out. The police asked that anyone in the community that had any information about Dilcia or what they may have seen or heard the morning of September 17th to come forward and help with the investigation. No lead was insignificant. The detectives looked into any lead that came their way, but everything seemed to point back to Dilcia's stepfather, Raul Mata. Even though Raul sounded panicked in his 911 call, his demeanor was different when interviewed by police. He didn't seem that upset. He described his relationship with Dilcia to police as strained and said that Dilcia didn't really care for him. He even went so far as to call her a liar, painting her as a troubled teen who fought her parents at every turn. Even though Raul's demeanor wasn't that of a grieving stepdad, that didn't mean he was guilty, and police had no concrete evidence to tie him to Dilcia's murder. Unfortunately, years passed with no new leads, and Dilcia's case went cold. Raul and Dilcia's mom eventually divorced, and Raul moved to Watsonville, California, where he remarried and had a son. Raul got into nursing and obtained his license. He found a job at the emergency room at Watsonville Community Hospital. He carried on with his life as usual. Meanwhile, Dilcia's mother never gave up. She continued to advocate for her daughter and worked hard so her daughter's case wouldn't just be forgotten. She interviewed with local Miami news station CBS4 in 2015. She pleaded with the community for help in solving her daughter's murder. Miami PD released a cold case flyer with information about Dilcia's case. And news outlets played the 911 call where Raul said that someone killed his daughter. Detective Robert Miller, who had been on the case since the very beginning, told reporters that Raul Mata was still a suspect, but they were committed to investigating every lead. They did not want to get tunnel visioned. Detective Miller also stated that even though the murder weapon was never recovered, they were performing new tests on all the items found at the crime scene. But it took another five years before they were able to finally make a match. In the beginning of 2020, Dilcia's case was reassigned to Miami-Dade's cold case squad. Thankfully, DNA technology had continued to improve, and they were finally able to pull DNA from underneath Dilcia's fingernails. And in May of 2020, police announced that they had finally gotten a match. The DNA from the crime scene matched that of Dilcia's stepfather, Raul Mata. During the investigation, it was known that Raul and Dilcia had a strained relationship. But detectives had also learned that Dilcia had confessed to a school counselor that her stepfather had made inappropriate sexual advances towards her. The counselor had been on the verge of telling Dilcia's mother about the incident when Dilcia was murdered. On September 17, 2020, exactly 16 years after Dilcia's death, 
Raul Mata was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Miami police flew to California and partnered with the Watsonville Police Department. They arrested Raul at a hotel in Santa Cruz, where he was found vacationing with his wife and children. Raul Mata continued to deny his involvement, and Raul's wife refused to believe all the allegations against her husband. She told reporters she was aware of his past and there was never any doubt in her mind about his character. She told them that she knows that he's 1,000% innocent. She stated he had been a nurse in their community for the past 15 years, saving lives in the emergency room. She stated he's an amazing husband in person and does not deserve this. Meanwhile, Dilcia's family had a very different reaction. Dilcia's cousin spoke at a press conference, stating that it's the biggest relief that their family has had, that it is like a huge burden lifted from their shoulders. They are speechless and they are glad that Raul Mata can face the consequences of his gruesome actions. Raul Mata was taken to the Santa Cruz County Jail and held without bail until he could be extradited to Miami, where he would face a life sentence and possible capital punishment if convicted. A court appearance was scheduled for October 5th, but before that could happen, Raul cowardly took matters into his own hands. Raul Mata got a hold of a pen and stabbed himself in the femoral artery. The correctional officer who found him performed CPR until paramedics arrived. He was taken to the hospital for treatment, but on October 20, 2020, Raul Mata died from complications due to his injury. Even though Dulcia's family got some sort of justice at the end, it is way too often that small children find themselves in this situation. If you or someone you know is a victim of sexual violence, please call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of Crime Bay. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Crime Bay Official where I will be uploading pictures of every story we cover. Crime Bay is a podcast executive produced, researched, and hosted by Lisette Cervantes. Sounds designed by Ruben Quintero. You can find all source material for this episode underneath the episode description.